Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Animals Want Us to Know, episode seven. And here with me is Melia Brent White. Hello, Melia. Welcome. Hi, Melia. Thank you. And today we are doing something very special, episode seven, and uh, we're diving into water. We have connected with different water animals, water species, is that what we, we should call them, with fish. And we have, we have connected with, you know, between us, with very different fish. Um, and so the messages are a little bit different as well. Shall we dive in, Media? I mean, without <laughs> without any further ado, just dive into the first message. So, firstly, I connected with a little clownfish. Are you familiar with the clownfish? Is that the Nemo? Yes, Nemo. <laughs> and clownfish—they live in little anemones, and the they poke their head out and then they go, go back. And the clownfish said, peeping, hiding, peeping, hiding, staying safe, getting braver, going back. We have to keep ourselves safe. So it's good to be very aware of the environment and only come out when it's very safe. You know what? I love that message because it translates to so many different areas of your life. Mm. Business, you go in, you peep in, you stay back. You know, this sort of, and it's, it's so nice to be reminded that it is okay to sort of dip your big toe in and see what kind of temperature the water is. And also decide to come back for a little while to feel safe, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really, I really felt that the clownfish was taking very good care of himself. Yeah, it's, he he was really, you know, just paying attention to everything and 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 doing what he needed to do to keep himself safe. And and I think that's important in in our big wide human world as well. We live in a a, a, a um, environment with lots of different fish. There's big fish and True. small fish. And, this is being aware of, of what's around you and, and taking good care of yourself. I think that's a lovely reminder to take care of yourself because I think that's the basis of us. Mm. If I'm not taking care of myself, it's so much more difficult to stay safe because exactly. um, I don't have the, the, the basis for myself. I don't have the grounding for myself. That is love. Thank you, Clownfish. Thank you, Nemo. I have connected, or well, a dolphin came through. What I usually do is I I open up my um, myself to receive messages, and I sort of ask who wants to come in, who wants to share a message, and so I don't know who's coming through, what kind of animal, and this was a dolphin. So the dolphin told me that he lives in the Pacific Ocean. And he said, we dolphins recharge our systems with the energy of the water through connecting with the soul of the water. It is the most wonderful thing to do, uh, to connect to the soul and energy of different things. 
such as the wind, the rain, the sun and the stones. Everything you can see is energy and you can connect to all the different energies. And everything has its own vibration, which will give you different information. Try it. It's a really beautiful message and it's, and it's a reminder of us to connect and be a part of our environment and um, attune ourselves to different frequencies as well. I listened to a podcast once. There's this amazing podcast called The Frontier Beyond Fear. I haven't listened to it for a while, but a few years back I was listening to it a lot. And this person was talking about their theory that dolphins were an advanced species and they were, had, that there was some relationship with human beings. And they were talking about this experience when they came across this dolphin and the dolphin eye looked at them and they could tell that the dolphin downloaded all this information about them in that moment. And I feel that horses do a similar thing and, you know, we do a little similar thing in body talk as well about receiving information from from um, whatever I'm working with from the universal field, the quantum field. Um, so it's just interesting and that, that's almost like they connect with our energy and get that information about about us when they come into contact with us. And there's that that deep beauty of being revealed and being seen and being witnessed by another being in encounters like that. And for me, it was the reminder of that connecting, you know, that we get something when we're doing that connection. We're receiving an energy, we're receiving information. And, you know, I think it's beautiful. And also a reminder of, you can also connect to things, you know, we, we would, maybe usually not connect with like stones the wind the rain um you know i think that humans are just catching up on the whole connectiveness um thing you know like connecting with other human beings that is something that people can most people can sort of understand because they have felt it but um this is like kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit, you know, try connecting to the wind, try connecting to the stones, try connecting to rain. I think it's, it's very exciting to try that. It is. And it's really powerful. I connected to a mountain range once and it was so humbling. Wow. Because this mountain range is probably one of the oldest in earth as well. And I, and I asked it how it was and it just said that it just is, you know, and it's been there for a really, really long time. I got this impression of it, how ancient it was and how it had been a big mountain range once and over time it was, you know, created to what it is now. But it's just that, that feeling that my life is just a blip and there are things around us that are so ancient and so wise as well so um you know what kind of what, how did we forget all about this how did we forget all about 
the connecting to different energies? Um, well, I think a lot of traditional Indigenous people were naturally connected right. and it's, it's, again, it's, it's a disconnected culture. We've yeah. just forgotten. It's like amnesia. Mm. Cultural amnesia. Yeah, but I think it's lovely to get these, these kind of little, it's like a little push, you know, just a little kind of think about it. Maybe mm. next time you see the rain, maybe next time you feel the wind, um, try to tune in and see if there's, there's a vibration, if there's an energy that you can recognize an information or maybe a message or maybe you can have a conversation I think that's it's it's mind blowing on one side and on the other side it's so exciting. I've had the weather respond to my consciousness a few times. Yeah. I never try to control it because I don't want to interfere in the balance. I'm a little bit mindful. Yeah, you know, we're powerful beings. Yeah. And it's a little bit like we're babies using our consciousness. We have to be mindful of how, how we use it. That's my personal feeling. Yeah. So, um, but I, I ran I ran an experience once, which was a meditation with my horses, with a group of people, and the focus was on love. And at the end of the meditation, one of the participants said, I noticed every time you said the word love, the wind dropped. And when she said that, when she said the word love in that sentence, the wind dropped. Wow. So it happened about four times during, during the experience. So it was a really interesting experience in how um, the weather can respond to our state of being. We're, we're powerful. Very much. And, um, and it's like kind of, Let's just start experiment with it, you know, in a, in a way to see what happens when we connect, you know, what happens when we unite, um, you know, what happens when we send out healing and love. And today at the end of this um, episode, I will be sending out some Reiki energy. And uh, maybe when, when you listen, and my intention is that the Reiki will flow whether you will be listening now or you will be listening later, because there's no time, there's no time barrier with energy. And if we set the intention for that connection, the connection will happen. So um, it's, I feel like we're at, the, at a point in our society where, you know, it's time to start um, visiting all these different areas of, connecting and energy healing and and web the quantum field you know the 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 flow of energy and information so yeah thank you animals <laughs> for that reminder okay shark wow <laughs> yes Let's so get where, I, where I live, Miriam, it's one of the most dangerous places in the world for sharks. Wow. Okay. So when you go right. swimming, is this something that 
you have in the back of your mind? No. no. Okay. Have you seen? There's an ama- have you heard of um, that animal communicator, Anna Breitenbach? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's a South African animal communicator. And if you search on YouTube, animal Breitenbach or animal communication sharks, there's a beautiful YouTube video and she's connecting to some Australian sharks in Byron Bay. And she's talking about our intention and how we go into their environment and how they respond to that. And particularly if you go in with anger or fear um, and, and how they will respond to that as a threat. So my husband's a surfer and um, unfortunately, his idea, <laughs> yeah, anyway, he likes, he likes he'll, he'll go in the water. Sometimes there's like a shark helicopter and they'll tell people to get out and sometimes him and his friends go in the water because Anyway, that's his choice. I have to do it. We all have our own choices about life. And to be honest, both you and I, Miriam, we're horse people and horses is a much more dangerous pastime. <laughs> but it, yeah, truly. But, um, but anyway, yeah, he knows, like my husband, he's a very peaceful man and he knows to go into that environment not transmitting that emotion like to go to make right. sure that he's calm and connected before going in the yeah. environment anyway the shark said we feel vibrations and they are changing everything is telling us our world is changing we still follow the magnetic lines that show us the way of the fathers the migration patterns but we notice distress and we feel distressed sometimes We all have a role to play in nature. Our role is scavengers and hunters. We help keep the ocean strong. So it's not just us kind of feeling that there's a change. You know, when you look into social media, there's a lot of people kind of um, starting to talk about, um, you know, a change happening uh some downloading of information vibrationing uh, or vibrations uh, changing so it's interesting that you know an animal picks up on that and says we feel it too you know it's mm-hmm. of course it must when we're feeling it they're feeling it and uh, but i never thought about that i never thought about that the animals have the same um experience Hmm. Yeah. And it's exciting. It's exciting that there's some change happening. Yeah. 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 I think I think there was a, a little bit of Well, they said they're a little bit distressed sometimes. And I think there's there's people that are in distress as well at the moment. Right. Right. Um, but th- there was a reminder there that they have a place. Yeah. Mm. And it's a good reminder for us that we all all also have a place. Yeah. Mm. And you know what? Going from the big ocean um, ocean creature, I actually picked up a message, and this is not we we do not 
kind of uh, script this. So we don't know what messages are coming up. We don't know what what uh, creatures are coming up. We know that you know we connect to the fish consciousness, and whoever wants to come forward can share their message. So I picked up a message from a guppy, very small, tiny fish that usually lives or often lives in an aquarium. I actually don't even know where they live in nature. <laughs> you know, I, had, um, I had some guppies when I was uh, a child. And this is also a guppy living in an aquarium. So um, this is what he said. I live in an aquarium and I like it. Sometimes I tune into the other animals living in the ocean and they tell me their stories. Some stories are so wild that I get fearful. And then the human, human hand throws some food in my aquarium and me and the other fish eat a lovely meal and I feel safe. I don't feel trapped as I can connect to other fish via the quantum field whenever I want. But I don't have to be there all the time. I enjoy the peace and quiet. <laughs> so this was interesting that a fish in an aquarium said this was okay, you know, quite like that, that environment, you know, that it's a little bit like going on safari for humans, I think, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, some people want to go out there in the bush and in the wilderness and have these like extreme adventures. And I'm quite happy looking, looking at those pictures on the web, on the internet, you know, on, on, on television. I don't have to be there. It's nice to visit, but I also like to feel safe in my house, and my life. So that's, I found quite, quite interesting. Yeah, it's quite, quite comforting, isn't it? Guppies are very kind of cute and soft. I had guppies when I was younger as well. And yeah, they're quite a delightful little fish friend. Mm. But when I had them in, in my aquarium, they were not fish that did like this big, they're not dramatic fish. They're very, they're like, they don't do a lot. You know, they're like kind of very peaceful. They're very quiet. They kind of enjoy just being, which is nice. You know, it's something that, you know, I've been trying to do for a while. Just enjoy the moment and enjoy being there. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to achieve anything. And it's interesting that for a guppy, this comes so natural and this comes so easy. Whereas humans, we sometimes have to kind of work at it hmm. um, to just be because it feels lazy or it feels like you should be doing something. And um, yeah. Well, nice. my next message does tie in with that a little bit because the guppies are just, using their tails just to kind of stay there. And sometimes they swim, but sometimes they're just floating on, you know, floating along with their tails. I have to laugh because um, I called my husband a guppy this morning and I hadn't said that word for years. So it's, um, it's always interesting to notice the different synchronicities that happen around this podcast. Oh. 
My next message is from Manta Ray. That's like a stingray, but it's a big one. We feed on the bottom and filter the sand to get our food. Sometimes we eat plastic, but it mostly goes through us. You see us flap our wings gracefully. And it's a, and, and it's a reminder of how much wave you can create to, to create. So let me put it in words because I haven't written it in very good English here is to create maximum wave for minimum effort. So the manta wave has this kind of rippling and, and they, they power along, like they, they go pretty good speed, but it's almost like this maximum wave for minimal effort. And it's, it was a reminder of, um, of how we can bring that in our own life. Kind of not powering through something, but using little little energy to get very far yeah exactly yeah that's very nice and it showed, showed me so they have their mouth on the on the bottom and they're a bottom feeder and it was a message with the with the eating and filtering the sand it was about um what what we ingest and and what we're filtering I, I mean, this is something that we humans um, also do, sometimes in different ways. You know, we're ingesting a lot of energy by um, putting our attention to things in our environment. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm sort of thinking about man-made things and uh, belief systems and um, the shoulds and all that. So you know, what we're filtering. So when we look at the commercials, when we look at, you know, pictures, um, you know, we're filtering that through our system. We're picking up a lot of plastic. Yeah. And it's not that, it's not that healthy to have plastic inside you. <laughs> no. And it's also a reminder to go like, okay, what of the plastic containers and plastic um, packaging do I really need you know mm. is is there just you know we were talking about this today what can you do in your own life to um, minimize the plastic it's recently you know I bought these like um, little bags the reusable bags to put your vegetables in and I felt really happy about, you know, buying them. They, they had them in the supermarket. And then, you know, I realized they were made of plastic. So I thought, yay, I'm, I, you know, one step in the right direction. No, and it's plastic again. So I bought something that is more plastic, you know, so. I think we have to be quite aware of greenwashing and how we're being sold things that are being seen as environmentally better but again it's like a new product right and it's probably being shipped from the other side of the world yeah. um yeah my, my feeling is like we need to dramatically recycle and upcycle so what what can we use from stuff that we already have or that's already in circulation and um just just try to stop consumption as much as we can and you know 
we, we can each do, basically we're all a hypocrite <laughs> in this world. So I'm, I'm not preaching because I, you know, we just all do our best. But, but even just looking at um, the things that we can do, especially reusing and recycling and using things already in circulation because, um, yeah, the, the, it's more about stopping the consuming Right. Or changing, changing yeah. the way that we consume. Yeah. And, and it's interesting what you said about the greenwashing. Um, you know, I had mixed feelings when I when I uh, read something about these like big companies now jumping on the bandwagon of vegan burgers, where there's so much we don't know what's in those vegan really burgers. Scary. It's and really it tastes of meat. It looks like meat. It, it you know, the textures of meat. Um, why do you need a meat substitute if you want to be vegan? You know, why is it? It's a bit like margarine and butter. You know, it's like why would you want margarine? You don't know what's in there apart from you know a little bit of oil and lots of other things to make that oil into that. Um, into that um you know margarine um thing and um why not take the the, the real you know the real product and also mm -hmm. what i read about it is that it's not very good for the environment and there's more soy that needs to be planted and you know why not doing i have nothing against meat consumption what i have what i feel is that we should look at it in an ecological way, you know, uh, going back to having a farm, having the animals, you know where the animals come from, you know where the meat come, comes from. I think that's absolutely fine. What is not fine is the, uh, the fabric, uh, the factories, you know, the, 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 the meat factories, the animal factories. Um, mm. That is not good for the animals, obviously, that is horrendous but it's also horrendous for us because we don't know what's in that meat anymore. We, that is not a natural product anymore. So, um, yeah, um, we are, we are all part of this big web okay. and, um, you know, if, if the world does suddenly go all vegan, I often think about how does my action or how does the gross action of others like on um, mass action of others affect the balance so if everyone suddenly went vegan what would happen to all the animals that have been there for production and it's almost like we need this kind of uh, sus sustainable change more to regenerative agriculture systems um because we do need um animal fertilizer to fertilize right. the land and to keep the soil healthy. And I connect a lot with the creation and the destruction cycles. So becoming more comfortable with death and, and with, with, um, you know, when I tune into the land, I see that there's generations of blood and bone and you know, that this, we're all, we're all made of the earth. We come from the earth and we go back back to the earth and it's it's this this kind of endless cycle of creation and destruction and i become more and more comfortable with that and even more and more comfortable with with this yeah creative and destructive nature inside of myself but yeah there's this 
big system and especially people that don't know anything about agriculture commenting on agriculture like in people in cities knee-jerk reactions you know to do with animals it does upset quite a lot of things i know two years ago or three years ago here in australia there was a big uproar about live export and it is terrible live export like i'm not going to disagree with that but what happened was they immediately stopped all the government felt the pressure and immediately stopped all live export i think it was to indonesia and um the, the farmers didn't have any money to feed their animals and the animals starved to death oh that's horrible so there's just this, there's this there's this kind of yeah balance and we need to change the way that we're doing things but we also need to just be, be mindful of our of our actions and um and, and, and try to take care of each other through, through this process of change and maybe looking at um, like low input systems for yield. So there's particularly certain animals that, and, and insects that have high protein yield for how much carbon input there is. So that there is a lot of different things that we can, we can do, it's just not in the mainstream. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's a time to, re, to rethink our approach to how we live with this, you know, on Mother Earth and how we live with our environment and with the animals. And so for this, because there's this change and because we can all feel this change, it is really, it's so nice to, to connect, you know, to connect to you across the oceans um, to Australia and to connect to the animals to um, we are all in the same boat we're all trying to change something um, we're not quite sure where this journey will end we know that we have to change something because otherwise this is not um, going to last the way we are yeah well and you know with the oceans, half the fish in the oceans are in our supermarket freezers. Yeah. So there's this problem of hoarding. True. And 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 getting cheap cheap food, and um, there's all this frozen produce sitting in supermarket chest freezers around the world. It's it blows me away when I think about it. It's just kind of like, how, how can we do it like that? It's very short-sighted, but I'm not in charge of the fishing boats, so <laughs> <laughs> I do the best that I can. Yeah, and it's, um, it seems like we, we humans have this hunger inside, the hunger that will never uh, be satisfied. You know, that's why we have the freezers and that's why we have the food and that's why we need to have a certain level of food in the freezers um, to feel safe. And I think one part of it is our DNA because, you know, our ancestors did go through famine and our ancestors didn't have food all the time. So, you know, our genes are telling us, you must make sure that you have some food when it is available. 
right. So the problem is it is available 24-7 for us. Mm. And it is at a price where we can, where we can uh, buy it. So um, like when I was growing up, you know, having meat, it was once a, once a week or that was, you know, special or twice a week or something like that. So um, it was a special kind of, you know, on a Sunday, you have a piece of meat, you have the, the roast and, and the whole family comes together. So um, maybe the first step would be to enter a, a place that is safe for us, that we don't need to feel that hunger. We don't need to feel that need to uh, bring all that, you know, hoard that food and bring that food like the little um, squirrels back into their into their um you know hole or wherever you know mm. into their house so wait maybe we don't need to to bring all that food into our house either and if we do that less maybe there will be less fish in the freezers we don't know but you know if we change that approach and also um i think that we need the possibility to buy fresh fish not every supermarket still has that. Not every community has a has a uh, fishmonger or you know a place where you can where you can buy fresh fish. So you know, with that disappearing, we don't have that connection to the food anymore. Mm. Yeah. Actually, the next message, my last message, is sort of tying into that a little bit because um i picked up a message from a salmon and when you were talking about the the, the fish in the freezers you know salmon is usually in the in the freezer to to pick up the salmon said i live in a fish farm in norway it's very crowded here and sometimes when there's fresh food everybody gets really anxious to get enough which is stressful I love the feeling of the cold water on my skin and I dream of swimming far through the deep blue fjords, but I can't. If you can go where your heart wants to go, do it and send me a mental picture so I can be there too. This is how we fish do it. We send each, other's mental, we send each other mental pictures. Mm. Reminds me a bit of what the shark said about following the magnetic lines and and the the, the ways of the fathers, like the the following the migration patterns and how when when the little salmon are in the the fish farm they can't they can't follow that. Yeah, and salmon they like to. I mean they have yeah, they 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 have the cycle of where they where they're migrating and they're coming back and so. Um, yeah, that's what they want to do, I suppose. Mm. How do we fit into this? We like to feel safe. So we buy the, the salmon and we put it in the freezer because we might want to eat it today or we might want to eat it tomorrow or maybe next week or in a month. So, you know, if we can be more specific, we can buy the salmon fresh. Mm. We can also maybe look at where the salmon comes from you know whether it's a farm or whether it's 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 
uh, fished. But yeah, I think it's, right. it's all different, you know, kind of reminders. I mean, I'm not an expert at all at this. I'm sort of just responding to the messages and what, what comes up to me, you know, what can we do or what uh, could be a different way. So, um, and if anybody has other ideas of how we could do this or what we could change to live, you know, in more harmony with animals and our environment, you know, please feel free to, to post that and yeah, give us more tips and inspire each other. Yeah, and action it. Yeah. Action it in your own life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to have ideas and it's good to have concepts, but now is the time that we're actioning things and, and doing things and trying, trying all of our best to walk our talk. And um, even us doing this podcast is is part of that. We're 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 doing our best in the area where we think our consciousness is best um, directed. Yeah. So, I think we're ready for a little relaxation after all this. <laughs> after all this, yeah, it's sort of inspiring yet. A little bit exciting um, subjects. Um, so I decided I'm I'm a Reiki master, I'm a Holy Fire Reiki master, and I will be sending out Reiki to all the listeners or all the people watching this video, whether you're watching it now on the premiere or whether you're watching it in the future. Um, Reiki is. Uh, a very safe uh, healing modality. It's an energy healing and um, it supports the, the, the body a little bit like the body talk uh, to heal itself. And it creates a connection. So if you give Reiki to your animal, you can even give Reiki to your food or environment. You can give Reiki to a room and um, you can sort of, change the energy of a room the feeling the atmosphere and um, yeah it supports well-being balancedness is that how you call it being balanced and um, yeah helps you on different levels on the body on the mind on the soul so um, what I will do is I do a little visualization and while i'm doing this and while i'm talking to you i will be sending reiki energy if you have an animal and you would like to include that animal just bring that animal close to you and you can put a hand on it or you can just sit with your animal so if you want to sit somewhere comfortable you can close your eyes if you like and Take a deep breath in. When you exhale, you let go. Take another deep breath in. Right in your, into your belly. And then you exhale. Take another deep breath in. 
and let go of all stress, any worries, any thoughts for this moment. You're walking along a beautiful beach. You can see the ocean, you can see the deep blue waves. You can feel the wind on your face. You can smell the salt in the air. And you can feel the soft, warm sand under your feet. But the water is inviting you. You really want to go and feel that cool, refreshing water on your feet and your whole body. So you're going towards the ocean. Take off your clothes and slowly go into the water. The water is cool, but not cold. This is, it is the right temperature. And soon you start swimming. You start floating through the water. The water is caressing your body. You can feel the energy of the water. You dive into the water, you dive into the deep blue sea. You open your eyes and you can see fish, seashells, rocks, plants. And you feel very free just swimming through there. And then you can see a light shining from heaven through that water. And you can see that light coming towards you. This is a beautiful, beautiful light. And you let that light enter your head and into your body. And this light shines through you. It's traveling through your body, through your head, your face, your ears, your throat, your heart, your stomach, your belly, your legs and your feet. And this is a guiding light. Let this light guide you and show you what you're supposed to see. Maybe you can see some animals. Maybe these animals have some messages for you. Maybe you're just swimming and diving. Maybe you're just floating. The water's holding you and you're very safe. You feel refreshed by the water and that beautiful light.
You can stay in the water and then in the light for a moment. And when you're guided to do so, you can slowly swim back to shore. Slowly, your feet touch the ground again and you can walk out to the beach. You feel awake and you feel very happy. You feel that you have connected to the energy of the light and all the, also the energy of the water. And when you're walking across the warm sand, you start coming back into your body and into your room. You can start wiggling your toes and your fingers. Take a deep breath. And when you're ready, you can slowly open in, opening your eyes. So I hope you, um, you all had a lovely little swim in the ocean with some lovely Reiki energy. And um, let me know how that felt, how that was. And um, yeah, thank you, Amelia. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you, Fish. Thank you, Animal Consciousness, to inspire us to talk about things um, that we can discuss and uh, change and you know change our actions and uh, find new ways to live together all of us so um thank you for watching thank you for listening if you enjoyed our episode and our online event of what do the animals want us to know do share it with your friends and if you want to book a personal Reiki session, you can find me on Facebook, Miriam T.L. Alberts, or on Animal Wisdom. Or if you would like to book a body talk session, you can contact Melia Brent White on www.meliabrentwhite.com or through Facebook as well, uh, creating your inner equilibrium Facebook group. So uh, again, Thank you all for being here, for connecting. And I'm looking forward to connecting with all of you again next time on our next episode. Bye. Bye.